Gold Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with you as always. And in today's show, I'll be reviewing my fantasy football sleeper picks for 2022. A lot of them on this show. The fantasy football sleeper, the most important and yet most I don't know. I'm looking for the word here, but I think one that the fantasy industry has viewed in recent years as kind of declining as with the amount of knowledge that is now available in the fantasy industry. Lots of analysts view that there is no longer such a thing as the fantasy football sleeper. And to an extent, I can agree with that. I mean, back in when you're reading those fantasy football magazines five, six, seven years ago, oftentimes for me and for everybody, they were really the only source of fantasy information. So you look in there, you see rankings, and then you see sleepers. And that was pretty much about it. Nowadays, I think that's something that's definitely with these podcasts, so many podcasts, the markets being so saturated, all these Twitter analysts coming out from the woodwork. I mean, it's becoming so popular. And just the fact that this information is also much more available. The casual fans still exists, of course. There are many, certainly still the vast majority of fantasy players who are likely quite casual. But I think people feel like with the amount of knowledge expanding in the space, that the fantasy sleeper is something that has kind of been going away and that there's no such thing as a sleeper because people have heard of these players before. And again, to an extent, I agree. But at the same time, I still think of a sleeper as someone who's being undervalued, forgotten, left at the back of drafts, left too low in ADP with some minimal but upside, but some very high upside that is there. So I'll be talking about a lot of those guys. And these guys will certainly be helpful, who are certainly going at the back of drafts. Some are better values than others, but all of them are good to take shots on at the end of your redraft drafts, potential league winners is what these guys can be if everything breaks right. But of course they're sleepers. They're all real low down on the draft boards. Some of these are really, really, really deep. So uh, I hope you guys are looking forward to it. I apologize for the late release of this show. Once again, I've been, if you check my Twitter, I've been very busy throughout the week. Uh, now it's out back to a normal schedule next week with busts. And then after that, I'll have a mock draft next week as well. And then we'll be getting into uh, some more shows. I'm trying to remember what's next. I think it's the quarterback positional preview that's next. That's not even that far away. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to be very exciting, this show. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF if you don't already. Also on this show, it's time for the first bold take of the offseason. That's right. With the fantasy season approaching, it's going to be the second annual bold takes gauntlet I guess you can call it because I'm going to be doing 10 bold takes over the next 10 weeks 10 of them imagine if I was wrong on just one then I could be exposed for all the world to see and so it's funny that I'm doing this on a podcast but that's not what matters what matters is giving you guys great advice and I'm not expecting of course to hit all these bold takes that is the goal but the point of the bold takes is that they're bold and even if they don't fully hit they could still be beneficial for your fantasy team following their advice. I'm going above and beyond way out there on these way beyond what consensus believes and giving you my picks that I think will happen again, just getting even a few of these, I feel like is a great accomplishment getting them right because I'm going to be trying to go very bold on all of these. So, but of course the goal is to get them all right. And last year I was pretty happy with it started off the first few that I had done were actually a bit rough for sure. But then as I got later into like the episodes, I had like a run of hits that were quite a few to where I felt overall relatively satisfied with my performance as an analyst last season. Of course, looking to even improve and get even better, but definitely some hits last year. If you followed the podcast for sure, lots of hits coming from both 
me and Chris, lots of misses, Kenny Galladay. But also, if you followed the podcast, you would have been on Jamar Chase all last summer. Even with the drops coming in, you would have been on him as a guy with top 15 receiver upside. Elijah Moore is a great great late-round target. Michael Pittman and Najee Harris were two guys that Chris was highly touting heading into the season. And then, of course, guys like Kenny Galladay. And for Chris, it was Brandon Ayuk. So we have our hits, we have our misses. But as you can tell, they both were there in full force. And so what I'll try to do is get Chris on the show a couple of times, maybe get some bold takes from him that we can play back at the end of the year, because that's what we did this last year. We played them all back. They were all there. We didn't lose any of them. And I will have another one this episode that I'll play back in January and be able to hear myself either sounding really stupid or really smart again. So uh, then we'll do that first and then we'll do sleepers. And again, every week you'll get a new bold take. So if you get bored of the later analysis for some reason, which I don't think you should, just tune in at the beginning and listen to some bold takes and let me know what you think of the show as well. Reviews are appreciated. Download numbers are high guys. Very much appreciated. They keep going up, even though um, I hadn't actually published a show in over two weeks, people keep downloading the shows that I had done over the last couple, which is awesome. So keep doing that. And I hope some fresh content is going to be nice for you guys. Again, back to a normal schedule next week. I'll be right on top of it. Just had a busy week with the debate tournament coming back. Lots of other stuff to do. And so that's how it's been pretty much. But yeah, I was gone in Louisville all week. Um, and it was a ton of fun, by the way. So I'm looking forward to resuming the debate season next year. And if you want to hear more, I tweeted about the tournament a little more on my Twitter. I won't bore you guys with it here in case you're not interested. But on Twitter, at Calvin underscore SGF, you just look through my feed. It's back somewhere in that week of like June 11th through 18th. I kind of posted a few updates there throughout the week. So you can go read about it. It was a lot of fun. So let's do it. Fantasy sleepers, first bold take. And again, they're recorded. So I'll play back the live audio recordings. So what I'm going to do is instead of like, but what I'm going to do this time is instead of saving each audio recording individually, I'm just going to put the timestamp down so that I remember it. At the end of the year, last year, I was lazy and didn't save any of them or I saved very few. So I had to go back and look for like the timestamps and all that. And I found them, but I'm just going to write down the timestamp. I'll play it back from the spot and then hear myself talking. And so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So bold takes fantasy sleepers. Let's go. Bold take one. As I did last year, I will say hi to my future self in January, who is listening to this right now or not right now. I, I guess you are listening to this right now because it's in January and it's being played back also on the podcast, which is what we were, of course, which was what was going to happen and what is happening. So anyway, first bold take of the off season. And this is one, if you've been following the podcast at the off season, you would know it's coming. Traylon Burks will be a top 24 wide receiver this year in fantasy football. And I know I just sounded like a genius to those of you hearing this now in January, but Traylon Burks, he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver this year in fantasy football, half PPR. Currently he's the wide receiver 41 in fantasy pros, half PPR. So if you're listening to this at the end of the year and didn't think this one was bold, it absolutely was he, sitting outside of the top 40 is Traylon Burks. Somehow with that first round draft capital spent on him by the Tennessee Titans, a tall, big bodied receiver who has such the an ability to get yards after the catch. Somehow he's sitting outside of the top 40, despite absolutely no target competition in Tennessee, other than maybe Robert Woods. But guess what? Robert Woods is not solving and not fixing this absolute 
dearth of targets that is now available in Tennessee. He is not taking that all on his own. You know who is taking that? The first round talent that went to Tennessee, the guy they touted, the guy they traded away AJ Brown to go get, the guy they tried to get because he plays so similarly to AJ Brown, because he could be the next AJ Brown, and because he's got the potential to step into this offense and be an immediate weapon for Ryan Tannehill underneath. He makes big plays. You get him the ball in space. He's not incredibly fast, but he will break tackles, get out there, and score touchdowns for sure. We know it because he's so good. Throughout training camp, we've been having reports. He has asthma. He's not at something. He's the number three receiver. You know who else was the number three receiver two years ago? Justin Jefferson. A rookie named Justin Jefferson coming into the Vikings was behind Ola B.C. Johnson on the depth chart. Seems very similar to how Traylon Burks is currently behind Nick Westbrook. It kind, according to reports. Last year, Jamar Chase dropping passes in preseason. Absolutely not. He turned out I mean, he was, but then he turned out to be absolutely fantastic throughout the year. The point being, do not listen to these pre-training camp reports. Listen to the talent. Listen to the draft capital. Listen to the opportunity. It's all there for Traylon Burks. Robert Woods last year put up solid production, but inconsistent production. Short to intermediate yardage production. It was not anything incredible. And I know Traylon Burks will step in and be the wide receiver one in this offense. And he's going to be a top 24 receiver. And it's plain and simple. Two years ago, I was a heavy proponent of Justin Jefferson heading into drafts, except I backed off of it because of the training camp reports. I backed off of it, learned my lesson last year. Boom. Biggest hit of the season was Jamar Chase touting him from his wide receiver 30 draft position all the way up to a borderline top 15 status in my rankings this year. The rankings haven't been out yet, but Traylon Burks will certainly be in my top 24. These takes are bold, but these are also ones I believe going out on a huge limb away from the wide receiver 41 consensus in that I'm going to guarantee he's a top 24 receiver next year. So that's your first bold take. Nine more of those, bringing the heat for nine more coming later in the training camp as we move forward towards the NFL season. We're bringing the heat. On that first one, Traylon Burks will be a top 24 receiver in fantasy football next year. And you know what? By the next offseason, he might be a top 12 receiver in Dynasty overall. But that's not part of my bull take, but it could very well happen. Now, sleepers. We got 12 guys on here, two quarterbacks, three running backs, five wide receivers, two tight ends. Let's get started. The first sleeper at quarterback. Uh, we got a couple here. Like I said, it is Trevor Lawrence coming into a second year. Uh, excuse me, with the Jags, wide receiver 18 on Fantasy Pros. And I think he's bound to take a big step up. We saw Lawrence throw the most interceptions in the league last season. He was very inconsistent. But now with Doug Peterson coming in, we got a new coaching staff that isn't totally incompetent, that doesn't like go to bars after every game like Urban Meyer did. Now we've actually got a foundation where Trevor Lawrence could potentially grow in Jacksonville. They signed Christian Kirk, still got Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. That's a solid amount of weapons. Travis Etienne's still there. James Robinson recovering is still there. And I mean, Etienne's coming back once again after that season-ending injury from last year. So Lawrence is going to have the weapons. He can do it with his legs. We know that too. And so that rushing floor is going to provide a lot of consistency for him week to week. But why uh, why he's a sleeper here at quarterback 18 is because those quarterbacks, once you get into that mid-tier quarterback two range, they're going off the board at the end of drafts or not at all. So he's a guy you want to monitor because not many quarterbacks at that range have his rushing upside and also his guarantee to even be a starter, mind you. Like, I mean, there's no way I, I, that I see that Trevor Lawrence gets benched at any point. 
or unless he's like playing atrocious, but he was the number one overall pick. So he's going to come in to a better situation. He can throw the football. I think he shakes off that year one, Ross makes a jump in year two. And I think he's going to have a great shot at exceeding that quarterback 18 ranking, potentially being a top 12 guy for you next year. So got to keep an eye on in the back of drafts. That's a sleeper. Let's go even further down the board to the quarterback 25. This guy's not being drafted in any leagues unless it's super flex. And it's Daniel Jones. Get Daniel Jones, because once again, that's a guy who has a lot of rushing upside as well. We saw that. He's shown that on display. He ran. He clocked like the fastest speed of any quarterback. I think it was a year or two ago before he like tripped on that long run that everybody remembers him for the tripping for. But the point is, he is a good runner. He's actually been touted as having one of the best preseason schedules or like regular projected schedules in the league heading into this year um, for the Giants in terms of like putting up fantasy points. And let's keep in mind the weapons he's got around him. We know Saquon Barkley. He's coming back apparently with a vengeance can be better than ever. Kenny Galladay with now a new head coach, Brian Dable, who probably actually knows how to call plays on like Jason Garrett or Joe Judge, who runs quarterback sneaks from his own goal line. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony right there as a gadget. Wandale Robinson, if he works out. That's awesome. You still got Evan Ingram underneath. And so overall, I mean, Daniel Jones has just got plenty of guys around there to throw the ball to. And I think Galladay, who was paid a lot, he's going to have to step up. They're going to work him into the uh, offense much better. And he's going to have a step up in year two for sure, because I don't think his talent has just gone away. Still got Sterling Shepard. Hopefully he can stay on the field, but that's just yet another guy for Daniel Jones to throw to. And keep in mind, even if Daniel Jones, this is a pick that's not going to kill you at all. And that's how it's supposed to be with most of these sleepers, because Daniel Jones is free right now in drafts but with that rushing upside with a potential stud maybe not stud anymore in Kenny Galladay but with a potential good wide receiver one on his team to throw to with a once elite RB who by all accounts is rehabbing looks more sharper more explosive this offseason I mean and again with plenty of weapons in this offense and a new head coach I think there's some upside to be looking at for sure and he's a potential guy who could also jump into those relevant ranks RBs. Let's talk about those sleeper running backs. If you pursue zero RB strategy, this might be for you in terms of guys taking taking shots on later guys in drafts. If your RB depth is thin, take a shot on Ronald Jones at the RB38 currently on Fantasy Pros. He is 10 spots behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the rankings, but I don't think he's necessarily any worse, and he may be even better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire as an RB. Edwards-Alaire, probably the better pass catcher. I mean, actually, definitely the better pass catcher. But what we saw last year is that Andy Reid was not and was ready to use Daryl Williams in the lead RB role instead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who has been dealing with injuries over the first couple of years of his career. Sure. But I don't think Andy Reid's too hung up on that first round draft capital, which keep in mind was at the end of the first round, one pick away from being a second round draft capital anyway, but Andy Reid's going to play whoever the better running back is on the field. And I think Ronald Jones got the short end of the stick in Tampa Bay because he struggled in pass blocking. I think he's going to still see some reps, but it was a really odd situation that we saw where Bruce Arians, kept taking him off the field. What we've seen is that when Ronald Jones is on the field, he is effective. He's not incredible, but in this Chiefs offense, he will have a chance to be very, very good with so much space for him. Travis Kelsey is an option in the receiving game. Yes, I know I don't love Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's still there, still passable in the wide receiving game. And then Sky Moore as well. Patrick Mahomes has got plenty of weapons. And that main threat is really Mahomes' arms. So not many stacked boxes for Ronald Jones coming next year. So he could end up being a very efficient RB. Raheem Mostert is another one. You guys know how much I love him if you listen to the podcast. 
Um, definitely a threat to take over that crowded Miami backfield. His speed, his efficiency is what I love. His ability to get to the edge, get out six, seven yard gains. It feels like on every single play, he doesn't even need a ton of carries to be very efficient for fantasy football. That's why I like him at that spot at RB 34, a deeper sleeper RB 54, Marlon Mack, a dart throw at the end of the draft who many might not even know. I mean, I didn't even know this until like a month after it happened, signed with Houston and who's there in Houston, Damian Pierce. What's he, a fourth-round RB? Do we really expect him to take over? I know this sounds a lot like the Tevin Coleman hype that I gave last year over Michael Carter, but I still believe that the process was still right on that decision just because Michael Carter was that rare fourth-round running back who will actually have some success in the NFL. If you look at the list at fourth-round running backs picked, like there's almost nobody who's had any remote success outside of a backup role. And until we see it from Damian Pierce, I'm going to trust Marlon Mack, who's the projected week one favorite, to probably start according to the Texans beat reporter and Marlon Mack has the history of doing it. He actually ran for a thousand yards a couple of seasons back with the Colts and he'll be ready. I think in Houston to maybe take on 10, 12 carries a game, it'll certainly be worth it from that RB 54 spot. If he does manage to do that, which is that's like at the back end of drafts. If you keep in mind how back end of drafts are weighted very wide receiver heavy too, because the running back well is so dried up. I mean, Marlon Mack's a guy you can take a shot on. He's practically free and could be a starter in the league in week one. Wide receivers now. There's a lot of guys here. The wide receiver sleeper, there's always a lot. First one I'm going to do, I'm again, I'm doing this in order, by the way, from like going up to down to down the uh, draft board, not necessarily the order of the guys I like the most to least, but Russell Gage, wide receiver 47. Rob, Rob Gronkowski actually retired just a couple of days ago. Could have talked about that in news, I guess. But now that he's gone, that opens up a lot of targets available for Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass catchers. AB is gone now too. It's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and not anybody else really except Russell Gage and like Cameron Brait. I think Russell Gage is going to have a good chance of being the wide receiver three there. And without Gronkowski underneath, I think Brady can certainly support three relatively consistent receivers. Russell Gage showed he could do it in Atlanta. He actually had a good stretch of wide receiver three production there for a while. And so he's coming in with the goat ready for another season. And yeah, I think he's going to be fantastic over there in Tampa Bay, or will, at least we'll have the potential to be. Next up, the wide receiver 52 on Fantasy Pros, Kenny Galladay. You guys know it. I think Kenny Galladay could have a resurgence. That big contract isn't there for nothing. He can go deep, and I think Daniel Jones will start pushing the ball downfield a little bit more with Brian Dable at the helm. Daniel Jones has a good arm. He has arm talent. If Brian Dable can unlock it, the sky is the limit for Kenny Galladay. And again, at that spot, he's practically free. Like, how many other receivers do you know who are being paid $18 million a year who have put up good production in the past over a thousand yards in a season highlighted as one of the best 50, 50 ball receivers in the league. And I mean, just a contested catch monster. Like you don't really see very many guys like that. And even if you want to say that was all in the past, Kenny Galladay's price, he is right around guys like Devonte Parker, Sky Moore, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry guys just behind him in front of him. Marcus Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius, Tony, Chris Olave, Michael Gallup, Russell Gage, Garrett Wilson. Like I'll take shots on Kenny Galladay over these guys who see a lot of them seem to have very limited upside and Kenny Galladay has the upside going even deeper. Christian Watson, who I'm stunned is ranked at wide receiver 64 coming into the offense with Aaron Rodgers, who really only has Alan Lazard. There is his wide receiver one. And then the running backs. Yes. I know these vacated targets aren't always filled, but Christian Watson was picked with early second round draft capital. And he is a very boomer bust talent coming out of North Dakota state, but 
in D2 college, but clearly there was something there. Lots of people touted Christian Watson, and he is an electric athlete who could come out there and be fantastic for Green Bay. And he has Aaron Rodgers, who could, who's going to need to throw to somebody once again. So Christian Watson, very good chance you can take a shot on him right there in the back of drafts. And he is so cheap right now. So easy to just do that. More rookies. I love the values on rookies. But first, actually, let's get to one more guy. It's, they're actually kind of related, so I'll talk about them both right now. John Dotson, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 66 and wide receiver 73, both on Washington. Don't forget about Curtis Samuel first because he got paid $11 million a year, was dealing with injuries throughout the season, but he's shown he can be effective on Carolina. John Dotson has been impressive at training camp, first round draft capital, and there's not much challenging him for the wide receiver two role other than Curtis Samuel. So one of these guys is probably going to step up and handle targets that definitely exceeds their draft position. I mean, I would bet one of these guys has to finish above wide receiver 66 by the end of the year and maybe even far above because they've got upside. Dotson's got the draft capital. Samuel's got the contract, Both the coaching staff has said they want to use both heavily. And it's just going to be a matter of who wins out on that wide receiver two role. So they're both good sleepers in their own right. And taking a shot on both of them isn't a bad idea. Now let's talk tight ends. Gerald Everett, the first tight end I want to talk about. Wide or tight end 22 on Fantasy Pros, and that's very low. Gerald Everett, guys, is on the Chargers now with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, sure. But we saw Jared Cook and Donald Parham have some passable games there in that role. Everett's been getting hype throughout training camp, and he... I mean, I know he signed with the Seahawks, hasn't done much, but he has had a role in the past, had some glimpses with the Rams before, and he'll be in a spot now with Justin Herbert, who, which is just an absolutely fantastic position for him to be with, the best, best quarterback he's ever played with, most likely, unless I'm forgetting somebody, which I don't think I am. And, I mean, Herbert's going to light it up again this year. We know that. And he's shown a willingness to throw it to the tight end sometimes around the goal line. So Gerald Everett's a guy to keep an eye on for sure. Other guy to watch, and this ranking might inflate now that Gronk is gone, but guys, I know I just talked about Russell Gage, but Cameron Brait, the starting tight end under with the best quarterback in the league, or one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Tom Brady, the starting tight end for Tom Brady is at the wide tight end 35 right now. 35. He's behind Jared Cook, who is still a free agent. That is incredibly low. That's a guy you have to take a shot on if he's at that price. If he's anywhere near the back of drafts or beyond the back of drafts to where he's sitting on the waiver wire, pick him up because he's the starter. He's had production in the past. It's now great that OJ Howard's gone too to Buffalo. And Cameron Bright was kind of usurped by OJ Howard at one point, but he's had relevancy with Jameis Winston before. He can catch the football. He is a decent tight end who will now have all the opportunity in the world at that position. So Russell Gage, maybe so but Cameron Brate is also just dirt cheap where you have to take a shot on him at that position so that wraps up this episode that wraps up the sleepers thank you guys for tuning in I hope these picks helped be sure to keep them in mind as well as the bold take another bold take coming next week as well as bus so I'll be lighting into some players next week it's gonna be a lot of fun follow me on twitter at calvin underscore sgf leave a review if you haven't thank you for tuning in guys and I will see you next time